Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. It is Rich Wilson. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Live. We're here every Sunday and actually midweek as well, talking the game of baseball, talking the game of fantasy baseball, talking whatever we want to talk about. And as always, I'm here with my good friend and old friend as Tim and I were talking indigestion before we got on the air. <laughs> Two old men talking about stomach issues, right, Timmy? Well, I tell you, you get to a certain age and it's it's almost like uh, who comes down with what first and how badly, doesn't it? It is, Timmy. I have uh, I have the box of Tums sitting right here. So here you'll shake. The, the, there's the box. There's the box. I got a whole bo- barrel of them, Timmy. And it's. Uh, I told you I was on these uh, having terrible allergies, and I got on all these meds. It just ripped my stomach up, and I, I I've got to just somehow heal it. So mm. I know what to do, Timmy. I just have to do. I was feeling a really good. And then I had a burger with bacon on it on a couple of days ago, and that uh, that set me back a little bit, Tim. So I did it to myself. Well, you you know what? I gave up on spicy food because it gave up on me about ten years ago. But I know exactly what you're saying because every once in a while, I know I can't eat it. I know it's no good, no good for me, and I know I'm going to suffer. But that doesn't stop me from doing it. Yeah, and it's like you're feeling really good, Tim, and you go, oh, I'll do that. And then it's like three hours later, it's like, what did I just do? <laughs> and there's no sympathy, Tim. No one's going to give you any sympathy. It's like, oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you do. Yeah. I get the old, uh, okay, you can uh, go downstairs and wash the DA off your forehead, but it's uh, you're right, no sympathy. <laughs> So, Timmy, we uh, we had Fourth uh, of July or Independence Day with this weekend, and uh, I tell you, Saturday it was Saturday, and uh, I went off for a a parade. I didn't do my uh, my show on Sirius on on Saturday, and and actually called in today, and it rained during the parade. What a bummer! Oh man, that that is absolutely the worst, Rich. Uh, yeah, I don't know how the parade went across the river, but I know the fireworks were nice and loud and, and colorful. So uh, I know the celebration was in uh, 
full swing uh, across the river in Inter International Falls. Yeah, it was it was it was good. It cleared up here, and it was actually a beautiful day today. Off, just hanging out today and ten this evening. You know what I did? No baseball. I watched the women's soccer match. So uh, the USA was paying Japan. I don't know a whole lot about soccer, Tim, but they they beat them bad. It was four to nothing, like after the first fifteen minutes, and then they just held on and. At last, well, I left about five minutes left in the game, and they were winning five to two. And Tim, and it's up in Canada. The World Cup is being played in O Canada. Yeah, not too far from me, I believe. Win uh, Winterpeg, I believe. Yeah, I, I think the finals might have been in uh, Vancouver. I think they're they're played uh, in a bunch of different areas, but uh, fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. So I took the took the day uh, took the the evening off tim and then of course then i i don't know who's injured and i've completely forgotten i know brandon belt's playing right now i don't know if he's hit a home run i don't know what's happening well you might want to take a look at your auction team because uh i think we've got another outfielder uh that could be hitting the dl i haven't they're not going to come up uh, with a firm diagnosis until tomorrow but it appears as if uh, Mr. Starling Marte might be heading to the DL, Rich. What's what happened, Tim? Uh, I believe it's the uh, did strained oblique. Oh boy, uh, I think that's we saw that with uh, boy, I got Starling Marte in my NFBC team as well, and that that team Ooh. is competing. I'm in the money at the moment, that that hurts, Timmy. But uh, Steven Strasburg also strained oblique on. Saturday, I think yeah, it was it was the uh, mm. it was the Independence Day game at eleven o'clock start, and he winced and went down. It was it's been a tough week for injuries. We're gonna get into all of those, but Steven Strasburg, Tim, got all the talent in the world. Man, he just cannot stay healthy. Well, no, it's been a really really bad year for Strasburg and and his owners, and hey, off to the waiver wire again tonight, searching uh, searching for some answers. Absolutely, Timmy. Before we get started, let's just uh, get some of our housekeeping out of the way. If you'd like to get a hold of us, the best way to do that is on the Twitter. You can get uh, the great Tim McLeod at, at TimothyLMC, at TimothyLMC. Of course, you get myself at RichWilsonFSG, at RichWilsonFSG. But the best place to get Tim is always on Facebook. That's Tim, M-C-L-E-O-D. You can get him out on Facebook. Uh, go out and friend him. Tim is very responsive on Facebook. And, of course, visit our Facebook page, which is run by Tim and Alan Servinas. They do an outstanding job. Lots of good uh, conversation. Of course, we always have Tim's musings, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, and then, finally, we have our great sponsor, Fandle, who's been just a terrific partner with us for, since the beginning of the uh, the season here, and I know a lot of you guys are playing it, but for those who haven't started, I have no idea what you're waiting for. You deserve more fantasy in your life. Football's coming up soon. A lot of you guys are out of uh, out of your baseball leagues. We are at the midseason point, and in fact, next Sunday we will actually be going through our fantasy MVP. So it's that time of year. So if you, for any reason, out of your full season league, now's the time to get into daily fantasy baseball. You can pick a brand new team any day you want. You can start anytime. So you can start tomorrow. Go pick some teams tomorrow. The entry fee starts as a little as a dollar. There's no, there's a league out there for everyone. There's no season long commitments no sign-up fees. Play any time of the day you want all summer long. You've never tried fantasy baseball like this. It's a whole new game. 
I did not play on uh, Saturday, but I did get a chance to play on Friday. Won a little bit of money. I played in about five or six games. Really easy to set up the team. And in fact, you can set the team up and then duplicate it to all of the different uh, tournaments that you want to play. You play tournaments. You go head-to-head. Lots and lots of fun. Come and join the over 1 million players that have already won money playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. Go to the FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code P361 and sign up now. There's a special offer like there is every week for every dollar you deposit. FanDuel will match it up to $200. That gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to $200. Offers only good for the first 50 people that use the code P361. Don't forget to use it. P361. That's fanduel.com where every day is a new season. That's F A N D U E L.com. Sign up today. Alan Sarvinas wants to set up a FanDuel kind of page just for uh, Prospect 361. Somebody talking to those guys this week. Hopefully they'll give us a special little area so just our guys can play in a tournament together, which will be a lot of fun. If that happens, go out to the Facebook page and some stuff will be posted. It'll be very, very competitive. And we'll make it fairly end expensive so everybody can have a lot of fun. Timmy, we talked about Facebook a lot and you're out there every Sunday. I think we're calling it uh, Tim's Musings. Yeah, I thought of a new name, Rich, but uh, I think I might get myself into some legal problems. I was thinking of calling it Tim's Bits, but uh, the Tim Horton franchise uh, might disagree with that. Uh, it's true. Tim, we also have, and I keep forgetting to do this, and I did it again. Uh, one of our listeners, name is Conan, has recorded a uh, waiver wire jingle, and I just need to cut it up a little bit. So I'm going to try to do that this evening. So I know Conan's listening every week, waiting for his his song to appear. Conan, I swear it is on the queue. I've just I just haven't gotten around to it. I, I hate saying, Tim, I've been really busy. I have, but the bottom line is I keep forgetting to do it. And uh, I, I got to do it. It's it's funny. It's kind of a kind of a country twang to it. Okay. And I've got to thank you, Rich. While you were uh, doing the, uh, uh, the intro and the daily games, uh, I wrote down exactly what you said. And I left a note and slid it under the bedroom door for Kathy. Dear Kathy. Rich says that you deserve more fantasy in your life. And I signed it, and we're up to the races. <laughs> All right. Tim has gotten the propeller off his head, and he is doing that. Let's get to some of the Tim musings. Tim, you, you were – I will tell you on this first one, it was over my head. It was number two. Brandon is finally in a league of his own. And I, I honestly, Tim, I sat there, and I stared at it. I immediately thought of Brandon Belt. What is he? Okay. Has he done something amazing? So I went out and looked. Now it didn't do anything amazing. Has he been cut? Now I went out, and it and it finally dawned on me when I saw League capitalized. I said, "Oh my gosh, it's Brandon League!" And of course, then I went out and Googled him. DFA, a very clever, uh, a very clever, co- clever comment you made, Timmy. But what happened to Brandon League? He used to be good for like a half a season. The Dodgers paid him all this kind of money, and was never really any good after that. Well, yeah, that was probably one of the uh, one of the best contracts uh, for Brandon League and one of the worst contracts uh, in baseball in the past few years. I, I don't think Brandon League was really ever that good. Like you said, he had he had a short burst where where he looked like uh, he looked like a solid eighth inning sort of guy, but it it just never panned out. And finally, the Dodgers have had enough and. Mm-hmm. They're just going to take their lumps, pay pay the freight, and away you go. 
Yeah, he'll probably uh, probably go back down to Tampa and do very, very well there. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> seems to go to Tampa and plays well. This next one, Timmy, is really good. Cameron Maben has to be considered as one of the best waiver wire pickups of the year. This isn't clever. It's just a stated fact. And I got to tell you, Tim, I totally agree with you. He's done extremely well this year. And fantasy owners that picked him up in that first couple of weeks, well, I guess it was probably, probably the third week because he was back over in – um, I'm not sure when he got traded, but it wasn't before the season started. So it was when he finally went to Atlanta that he got the full-time gig and has really made the best of it. Well, yeah, he's hitting for power. He's stealing bases, average. We're seeing the Cameron Maben that we thought we were going to see after his breakout season a number of years ago. And two thumbs up for Cameron Maben and those that invested. They're doing very well with that pick. Totally agree. Timmy, as part of our uh, regular notes, we were going to basically talk about some of these um, major players that went down. And the first one was Miguel Cabrera. And I was watching the game, but I, I turned my head or I didn't see the exact play that it got hurt on. But it looked like on the replays, Timmy, Miguel Cabrera was trying to steal a base. Yeah, with the amount of money he's making, he can just go buy one. He doesn't have to steal it. Like, what the, come on, what, the you, what the heck, Tim? Right? I mean, what, what's he trying to steal? No, hit the ball, hit the ball with power. Don't go stealing. We don't need stolen bases from Miguel Cabrera, Timmy. We need power, we need batting average, and most importantly, we need him to play. Well, exactly. And when you you know you couple in the fact that he went through that off-season uh, surgery on his foot, why do anything that you know stands to increase the odds of? Uh, of causing harm to the foot on, you know, on top of everything else. Yeah. It's just not a smart move. Uh, if I was him, I would have, uh, I would have modeled my game after the Albert Pujols of what last year, uh, swing the stick, hit the ball a long way, waddle around the bases and take hey, repeat it. Hopefully. Yep. Rinse and repeat. Exactly. Tim, yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, but you've got a couple of players down there for Miguel Cabrera. And then we're getting to George Springer first base that are owned in less than 40% of the leagues. And they're, they're some are okay, Timmy, and some are ugh. Logan Morrison's out there. Yondo, Yonder Alonzo, Kelly Johnson, Justin Bohr, Michael Morris, Ike Davis, ugh. Darren Ruff, CJ Cron, ugh. James Loney, uh, there's, it's really scraping the barrel there, Timmy. And a very intriguing option and Jeffrey Marte. So first of all, tell me about Jeffrey Marte. Well, you, you take a look at the numbers that he's posted at AAA, and they're pretty, pretty decent. He's hit for solid power. He's driving in runs. He's even stolen a few bases. Uh, uh, you know, you look at the Tiger situation, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to pay for a rental, I don't think. So, yeah, if you've got a deep enough bench, he's the sort of guy that intrigues me immensely. How's that, Richard? Yeah, I agree with you, Timmy. I, I, in this list, I really like Yonder Alonso. He is uh, was a very well thought of uh, after prospect, and I think starting to have a bit of a breakout year, Tim, this year. He's starting to put it together after a PED suspension, you know, et cetera. Your thoughts on Yonder yeah. Alonso? Yeah, I, I think I, I think as as long as you're not not looking for off the chart numbers, he's going to play every day. He'll generate the at bats, some counting stats. Uh, yeah, I, I like Alonzo, and he's not going to cost you a whole heck of a lot. Uh, that's the other consideration with the, with Alonzo. I think you can probably sneak him up, uh, sneak him in for a fairly reasonable bid this week. Yeah, still no power, Timmy, and you hate that at your first base position. He's only got two, um, but. 
28 strikeouts, 25 walks, 192 at bats, 307 batting average. So for on-base percentage leagues, almost a 400 on-base percentage, uh, you know, he can hold the fort maybe till Miggy gets back. I mean, again, you're not, you're probably going to lose out in those six weeks that he's going to be gone. You're probably going to miss out on seven or eight home runs, but I mean, you probably won't lose a ton in the batting average and, um, you know, some of the on-base percentage in OPP leagues, Tim. Well, the thing is, you're not going to replace Miggy. It's, it's, you know, he's one of the best, best hitters in the game. You're simply not going to replace him. So pick your poison and try and make it as painless as possible and get as much as you can with your replacement, knowing that, yeah, it is just a temporary fix. And of course, Tim, on Wednesday, when we were doing our show, right before the show started, I, I had the Houston game on and again, turned my head away. And I saw when I turned back, I literally saw George Springer shaking his hand. And, you know, I turned up the volume because I usually listen to the volume down and said he got hit in the hand, but he stayed in the game. So I didn't really mention it on the Wednesday show. Turns out breaks his wrist, which isn't good. Timmy was having a, a really really fine season. So a double whammy for, I'm sure there's people out there who have both Miggy and George Springer, but you've got some, you got a list of guys in here. Tim is very interesting. Angel Bagan, Kevin Kiermeyer, Geraldo Perra, uh, Brad Miller, David Peralta, Michael Taylor, Eddie Rosario, David Murphy, and the set of all studs, Gregor Blanco. Yeah, I, I I I sort of figured you might like that stud of all studs bit. I I had to toss that in there. Uh, I did sprain my arm from patting myself on the back over that one, Rich. But I will recover. It's only a seven day DL stint, not fifteen. What is that? Oh, oh for from uh, patty, oh for from patty. For oh, got it. Got got yeah. it. So, out of all of those, Timmy, who would you pick up if you're a George Springer owner, knowing that you're going to lose, you're going to use lose power, you're going to lose stolen bases? I mean, do you just pick one and maybe go with a Gregor Blanco and uh, try to get some stolen bases and runs and try to get power somewhere else, or do you go power? I mean, what do you do? Uh, the guy that I would really be targeting is is Para in Milwaukee. Uh, it looks like he's pretty well. Uh, got the leadoff gig he's 13 for 29 in the past seven days two home runs four rbis he's stolen a base he's scoring runs uh para would be my choice uh, hands down after that find full-time at bats uh with the full-time at bats you're going to get some counting stats and that's uh, that's the approach i would take well, what happens when chris davis comes back timmy he is in he is on his rehab assignment does he get the gig back or do you think they stick with the hot hand I think they stick with the hot hand. I, I don't hold a lot of a lot of faith in Chris Davis uh, when he does come back. I, I personally think he was overrated, overvalued, and I think they, uh, I think they keep Paris bad in the lineup. Hmm. I still think Chris Davis is a nice little player. Got a little power. He's uh, learning to walk. He was always a good hitter in the minor leagues. And the, his first year in the major leagues didn't walk at all. We're starting to see a guy with a little bit more plate patience. I like him better, Timmy, than um, Geraldo Rivera there and Geraldo Parra, excuse me, out, out there. The another guy I think is very intriguing. Uh, uh, macro, I, I did know that that was para. I just was making a joke. It's a poor joke, Ma Macro 777, but I was making a joke. The guy I like here, Tim, is I like Kevin Kiermeyer. I, I think he's a really good baseball player, first and foremost. One of the best center fielders in the game. He's 
he's still kind of platooned a little bit. He's starting to get a little bit more bats against lefties. He leads the league, I believe, in triples, at least the American League. I think he's got power and a little bit of speed. I think one day it's all going to come together for him because, man, the swing is beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you. I, I like Kiermaier. The only concern I have there is, is he playing full time? Uh, you know, Jennings isn't going to be back for quite a while. I don't think that's going to affect his status. But no, I like Kiermaier. I, and I agree with you. Uh, come next spring, uh, he's going to be on my list of late round targets. The uh, further down, you have a comment about Josh Hamilton, but when I take a look out in our house league and outfielders that are available to him, I see a couple guys out there that are interesting. Uh, mm. And the first is Josh Hamilton. I did not know that he hurt himself again. I, I learned that from your Tim musings. I mean, Josh Hamilton, it just seems like to be a nightmare. He is available, at least in our 12 team house league, which is pretty deep. Is he a guy that you'd pick up uh, to uh, put on your bench, assuming he hits the DL again? Well, it, it would depend who else is on your bench. Uh, is the guy ever going to get in two weeks of baseball, Rich? Uh, you know, we're at the midway point right now. Right at this at this stage, you want counting stats, and the worst thing you can have right now is a situation where you've got somebody that is amassing eight to ten at bats a week. You you got to generate the numbers. The push is on. You don't. We're we're at a, a stage where you just don't have the time to adjust a month from now or two months from now. It's that, I think it's that all in time. And I, I just don't know if we're going to ever see regular bats out of Josh Hamilton. Yeah, I agree with that. In the interactive chat room, our good friend Robert Mershak, if you didn't get a chance to listen to Wednesday's show, he was our special guest and did a really, really nice job. Tim, we did forget to ask him about the lost recording because he was the only person that actually heard that. So sometime in the offseason, we'll have on Robert again, and he'll tell us exactly how bad that broadcast that we never actually published was. And that was when I was trying to help you basically get your setup to work. It was very, very funny. Well, yeah, th that was one of my uh, one of my uh, definite uh, better moments. Uh, it demonstrated fully to the world that I am not really a technical uh, guru. <laughs> that was funny. He's asking about anybody like Scruggs, Timmy. Uh, I'd prefer Earl. Earl, <laughs> Earl Scruggs. Was it Randy Scruggs as well? Was, was that his son or just a, another Scruggs? <laughs> I'm sorry, Rich. I'm just not up to snuff on my Scruggs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember he was in like the 90s. He was a country star. Ran was it Randy Scruggs? I'm typing that in now. Yeah, there he is. Wow, my gosh, he's really old now. <laughs> so I don't know if he was related to Earl Scruggs or not. We'll have to figure yeah. that out. But what about Scruggs' uh, first baseman for, is it the um, Tampa? Uh, he's he in St. Louis. St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. That's right. That's right. He got the job, uh, rustled it away from, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, all right-handed power, swings and misses a lot. Sounds like I can't I remember, Tim. McIntyre? No, not McIntyre. No, 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 no. They've been around forever, Tim. Uh, was really, really good at one, one day. Let's see. Reynolds, Cardinals. Reynolds, Reynolds. Reynolds, Mark Reynolds. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So, so what about, um, what about uh, Xavier Scruggs, Timmy? In the very deepest of formats, sure. Take, take a chance. He might give you some counting numbers, but I think that's a very short-term situation. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Matt Holiday comes back. Uh, 
I think at some point in time, whether Matt likes it or not, uh, he's going to be bound for first base. And I think the Cards would be a better team if they got him to first base and out of the outfield. I agree with you, Tim. And the most important thing is Randy Scruggs is the middle child of Earl Scruggs. And he was the musician of the year. He won won Grammy Awards and, uh, and was twice named musician of the year. Tim, you got to get with your country music, man. Come on. Well, yeah, I'm still stuck in the 70s, uh, Rich. <laughs> you know, anything after that that didn't fall into the hard rock category, uh, I probably missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, true. I think I, mi- I missed a lot of the 70s period. We won't go there. <laughs> we won't go there. That's, that's not, it's a family show, Tim. We won't try to do but, that. A uh, couple other ones. Job of the Chamberlain was finally DFA. You know, Timmy, I, I will tell you, before I started writing about prospects, I was I was learning the craft. And uh, obviously living in the New Jersey area, I, I, I go to a lot of Trenton Thunder games. And I was so excited when I got a chance to see Job of Chamberlain. I remember it was back in 2007. I just got my first radar gun, and I was sitting with the scouts learning how to do this. And I had hired a guy to kind of go out with me and teach me the ropes. And I swear to you, one of the best performances I've ever seen by a minor league pitcher was that night when I saw Jabba Chamberlain. He had four quality pitches. Fastball was running 95 to 96. He could throw strikes. He had a great curveball, a great slider. He could actually have a feel for a changeup. Later that year, he came up, hit the bullpen. The next year, Timmy, they put him in the starting rotation. He was pretty good. And then the whole Jabba rules thing started coming on, and he became a celebrity at, at uh, in, in uh, New York, and it all stopped working. And Jabba Chamberlain was one of those guys that never fulfilled his promise. I mean, what the heck happened from that guy I saw that I thought was the best pitching prospect in the minor leagues to a guy who became a middle reliever and now DFA'd? Well, how much of that? I think you might have answered that question yourself, Rich. How much of that was the big city lights uh, of NYC? I don't know, Timmy, but they had they had uh, Jabba Rules T-shirts, and he was the man. He walked around, and I think he did. I think he got uh, DWI at one point, and uh, it, he just like literally fell off the wagon. I, I know I'm not talking. He was an alcoholic at all, but I mean, it's just he just like in the a course of three years became a shell of the pitcher and the and the talent that he could have been. And I just always bummed me out and bugged me on that. Well, yeah, because you're right. He was a highly touted prospect. He was going to rule the world. And, you know, there's so much pressure to perform. And you get into these large centers, and it's something that I have never and will never experience, Rich. But how much of the getting caught up in the the, the fandom, the celebrity, everything off the field – how much does that take away or how much does it have the potential to take away when you look at the talent and the development of young players? I would have to think the pressures are just off the charts. Incredible. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Timmy. And I think a lot depends on, uh, I mean, whether eventually you can handle that or not. And maybe Jabba just couldn't. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe just got, he got caught up in it. He put on weight and, the rest, as they say, is history. Eventually, I think he was in a trampoline incident and uh, blew out his Achilles or something like that, Tim. And then as he was coming back, he blew out his elbow and he had all those kind of problems. And, uh, you know, it just all imploded. And it probably did start with just, uh, as my dad used to say, Tim, maybe he got a little too big for his britches. <laughs> so <laughs> in, more, in more ways than one. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely in more ways than one. <laughs> 
Timmy, you have a great here, number 13. Cody Anderson has my attention in a rather big way. I know his three starts have been against the Rays twice. And, Timmy, they can't hit the Phillies, and they can't hit either. But in 23 and two-third innings, he's allowed only one free pass. My tout team thanks you, Cody. Telling everybody to go pick up Cody Anderson? Yeah, you know – I like what I'm seeing, you know, despite the fact that it was Tampa Bay twice and Philadelphia, they still got, they've got big league uh, hitters on those teams. And if, if, if you don't put the ball in the right place, they will believe it or not. Actually, I think Tampa Bay scored nine or 10 runs today against the Yankees. Uh, they can hit, and Anderson has done a very competent job. Uh, you look at his numbers in the minors, very, very solid. So I think he's a very, very sneaky pick. Well, everybody was out there spending a gazillion dollars on Stephen Matz, who is probably worth a gazillion dollars. Boy, Steve Matz, Timmy, dominating the second. His first outing was pretty good. This outing was ridiculous, Timmy. I mean, uh, just it was the Dodgers. He just laid them down. Well, man, I I was totally, totally impressed. Very smooth, fluid motion, uh, control. He brought the heat. The thing, you know, you look at the stats sheets. This is the first time I've seen Steven Matz. But, you know, you, you, you see the guys six foot whatever, 200 whatever. But when I looked at Matt's on the mound today, man, he is a big boy, Rich. I, I didn't realize he was that physically imposing. Uh, very impressive. Yeah, it's funny, Timmy. I saw him a couple of years ago. He's in Binghamton, and I, that's the year I saw. Was it three years ago? That was the year I saw Jacob DeGrom, and I saw Thor. I saw all of those guys in a week, um, three-game series. It was a double hitter. And then the single game, I can't remember who was in the double hitter versus the single game. But I saw DeGrom, I saw Thor, and I saw Mats. And I thought the most impressive was DeGrom. I thought the next most impressive was Syndergaard. And then it was a drop, Tim. And then it was Steve Mats. Uh, you know, he has really – and he was coming back from his Tommy John surgery at that point and maybe had not aired it out yet. But, man – his secondary pitches have really taken a step up since when I saw him two or three years ago. And, uh, I mean, he's a lefty, and the other guys can't say that. He has a chance to be just as good as all those other guys. I mean, this, this guy is, if you picked him up, it was money well spent. Yeah, I I had Matt's going uh, this week in Toad as well as Anderson. So I had a very, very good week. I think my, my ERA for the week is just a pinch over one. Wow. And attend the last one, of course, uh, as good as Steve Matz looks like he's going to be Chichi Rodriguez or Gonzalez, Tim. The good news is you simply say, hey, Rich, I got to call out Tim's musing, which it just it was it's a thrill for me, Tim. Chichi got sent down. Macro should be happy. Very, very funny stuff, Tim. Now, at least for probably the rest of the season, we don't have to figure out is it Gonzalez or Rodriguez. Well, yeah, because you know what? I think I was saying it wrong, too. I'm not sure which one is right at this stage. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Gonzalez at this point, Timmy. I'm almost positive that Chichi Rodriguez was the golfer, but I don't know. Tim, we also got a Twitter question that I wanted to pass this by you, and I forgot who sent it. I didn't put their name in there, but it says, can you talk about Nathan can't find the plane Carnes and Kendall Graveman <laughs> as buy or sell candidates on tonight's show, please? First of all, Nate, 
uh, Carnes is a guy that I was really high on coming in uh, through the minor leagues. I, I wrote about him at Washington, and then I wrote about him uh, once he got to Tampa. And I was always a guy that I really liked. In fact, I owned him at one point in all four dynasty leagues. I had to drop him in two of them. I think, Tim, he used to not be able to find the play, but this is a guy who's improved his control, had a really good outing over the week and looks great. And Kendall Graven, you recall, Tim, when uh, Oakland acquired him, I wrote and talked about him being a sneaky pick, a guy that no one was really talking about. He went through four levels last year, made it all the way up to the major leagues, came up, stuck up the joint early in the season, went back, has come back. And Tim is, I mean, he's probably a number four starter, but he's, pitching a lot better than uh, than what his talent shows. And playing in Oakland, pitching in Oakland, man, you I think you got to have all those guys on your radar. Your thoughts on Nate, can't find the plate, Carnes, and Kendall Graveman. Well, you, you know, it's sort of funny, Rich, because after I semi-dissed him about his control issues, uh, I listened to you, Rich. Believe it or not, I actually I no, you, to you. Tim, it air. is well documented that you don't listen to me, so just let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only need cards on three teams, Rich, so I got I got to be listening to somebody, and it's not the voices because <laughs> you know, I always lose the arguments to the voices. Okay, uh, no, I I picked cards up, and I am extremely happy with what I'm seeing. Yeah, I I think he's a mid rotation type, but. He's, he's been very successful this year, and believe it or not, he has found the plate. Uh, very, very, very impressive. And he, like I said, he's a, he's on three, four of my teams. Graveman, the same thing. He stumbled in that first effort, but he went back down, proved his stuff. He Now he's back up, and he's getting it done. The only concern I would have, per se, with Graveman is I, I don't think the strikeouts will ever be there. But if you're looking for a solid number four or five, he's in the right park. The team's playing well. He's pitching well. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to look at both those guys and have them rostered. I think you're right, Timmy. And uh, it's probably too late on, on Nate Carnes. And might not be mm-hmm. too late on Kendall Graveman. I mean, I don't know if I'd pay him in if he ever goes against Colorado or someone, you know, with a big, uh, a small ballpark and the ball's going to fly out. But, you know, in, in the big ballpark, yeah. Timmy, I, I would start him. So it's kind of a streaming option for me. Timmy, this evening at 7.30 p.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time, they announce the starting um, the starting lineups for your American and National League. So just in case everybody hasn't heard that, let me go through both. First, we'll go through the American League, and then uh, obviously a bunch of uh, Royals made it. Your thoughts on them, Tim, and then maybe any big omissions there. So we got catcher Salvador Perez. I think that's fair. Miggy Cabrera at first base. He is out, probably will not play. The little one, Jose Altuve, Timmy, makes it. He is the starting second baseman. He wins over Omar Infante, which would have been ridiculous if Omar Infante would have made it. Josh Donaldson, which I think was a really good move. He nudges out um, Mike Moustakis. Alcides Escobar, also from the Royals, the shortstop. That's probably okay. Mike Trout obviously makes it. And then two Royals, Lorenzo Cain and Alex Gordon. And then DH comes Nelson Cruz. I think, Tim, the one that really jumps out for me there is Alex Gordon. Well, yeah, actually, there was a few that jumped out for me. Alex Gordon was one. Uh, you look at catcher. You know, Russell Martin has scored 22 runs more than Sal Perez. Mm-hmm. Steven, Steven Vogt uh, out in Oakland, the number one catcher in the AL thus far this year. Brian McCann, better numbers. 
I, I'm not sold on Sal Perez as being a good pick. Second base, I hey, you can't go wrong with Altuve, but whoever's picking that team's got a problem because Jason Kipnis and Brian Dozier are both also very, very deserving players. Uh, when I look at the outfield, you looked at you, you mentioned Alex Gordon. J.D. Martinez had to have been on that team. That's a sham that Gordon is in there and J.D. Martinez wasn't picked. What about Jose Bautista, Tim? I mean, really? I mean, he's got 16 home runs. And he's only batting 245, but, I mean, over Alex Gordon, there's a ton of guys we could have picked. Well, yeah, I think Martinez is now up to 23 or 24 home runs. Brett Gardner's having a great year. Hanley, Hanley Ramirez has seven or eight home runs more. Uh, so definitely there's a problem with the Gordon pick. The Kane pick I can live with. Uh, shortstop, I'm not sold on the pick of Alcides Escobar. I think they made the wrong choice. Uh, I would have had him ranked third, uh, Rich. The guy that should be the short, starting shortstop for the American League has only 104 at bats. He already oh. has five <laughs> home runs more than Escobar. He has the same number of stolen bases, and he's hitting for 20 points higher in the batting average category. And that's Carlos Correa. He should be the starting shortstop in the AL, I think. Yeah, Carlos Correa, Tim, is going to regress at some point. They will find a hole in his swing. But, Timmy, it's now over 100 at bats. If he goes the next 100 at bats kind of like this, he could be this good. Well, yeah, he could very well be. And when you look at the uh, the short shortage of talent, especially in the American League at shortstop, the only other pick that I could see other than these two was Jose Reyes, and he missed a lot of time due to injury. But I'd, I'd still pick Jose Reyes before Alcides Escobar. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I love the Carlos Correa pick. And Tim, I remember opening day last year, I'm in Lancaster. It's cold. And Tim, this is in the desert. You don't think it's cold, but uh, by the time the lights, the uh, sun goes down and 8.30, 9 o'clock rolls around, and you are, your teeth are chattering. And Carlos Correa hit a home run that night. And again, it's pretty easy to hit a home run in Lancaster. But Tim, it's one of those things when, it, and I know it's an overused cliche, when he hits the ball, there's so much bat speed. There's so much backspin on the ball that he that he's able to hit it with. It flat out makes a different sound than other guys doing it. And there's a stat out there that says over the last 30 days, above Giancarlo Stanton, above Miggy Cabrera, he's got the highest exit velocity off of his ball. Wow. That that is impressive. I never would have guessed at that one. But I ha I have seen a couple of his home runs, and yeah, he doesn't get cheated. He got he hit one the day Tim up in uh, you know over the green monster so actually I don't think it went out of the park but it was a poke Tim. Well yeah I you know uh, he if he can sustain even to seventy percent of what we've seen in that first one hundred and four at bats he's going to lead a few teams to fantasy titles this year. Yeah, Timmy in the National League, Buster Posey, catcher, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, no dispute there. D. Gordon, pretty interesting pick there. I think the National League guys are, are looking at uh, what people are actually doing. Todd Frazier, kind of hard to dispute that at third base. Johnny Peralta, it looks like the Cardinals really got on the on the shortstop bandwagon. Bryce Harper, no question there. Matt Holliday, I pre appreciate your opinion there. Seems like a bit of a reach. And, of course, Giancarlo Stanton is an obvious choice and will not be playing. But, Tim. What are your thoughts with this National League lineup? Any glaring omissions or ones that you have a problem with? Well, I don't. I think there's only one glaring omission or one serious problem, and I put three letters down beside Matt Holiday: W, T, and F. 
Uh, like, what is up? What is up with what is up with that? Matt Holiday? You know, you could argue for Arenado at third base, but he's going to be on the team. Frazier's having an awesome year. That's a that's a pick your poison situation. They're both great players, but there's there's no way Matt Holiday deserves to be on that uh, on that starting NL roster. The rest of the team, I have no problems with at all. I, I think the voters did a pretty fair job. Peralta, uh, hey, you could argue for Brandon Crawford, but I'm sure Craw- Crawford will make the team, or at least I would hope so. Um, and now I guess the big question is: uh, there's a couple injuries that have to be filled in for. That's Matt Holiday and uh, Stanton. Yeah. So, Tim, would you have put in Gregor Blanco over Matt Holiday? Um, no, but it would have been close. I had to think about that one for a second. It would have been funnier, Tim, if you would have said absolutely. So, but because uh, we know how you've been pimping the poor guy. So, well, yeah, there's 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 a line that's drawn in the sand, and I think that might have been crossing it just by a little bit. Yeah, one of the things, Tim, I, I, I love talking regular baseball, and I love talking the fantasy game, but I do love talking about baseball, and I love talking about the business behind baseball. And uh, the thing that went down in Los Angeles this week I thought was absolutely crazy. Uh, with 30 days left for the trade deadline, exactly 30, day left, 30 days left, the Angels general manager, Jerry Depoto, quit. He said, I'm had enough. And from everything we know that's been written about, Essentially, Mike Sosha would not listen to him. He was trying to get in and have them to do more shifts uh, or at least give the players the information about the shifts. And Mike Sosha refused to even give the information to the players so they could even make that call. And I heard one statistic when I was watching the um, Astros game. They said the Astros shifted 900 and some odd times and the uh, Los Angeles Angels had only shifted a hundred and some odd times. It was a huge differential. And here the Astros are kicking the Angels butt at the moment and have got this well-oiled machine that's very metric-based. And Mike Sosha is basically managing from the gut. And last I looked, Timmy, Mike Sosha hadn't won anything in a long, long time. But I don't blame Jerry Depoto for like, packing it in and saying, I've had enough of this because it looked like Marino didn't support them, that they put all their money in on Mike Sosha. And I don't think, Timmy, how you can be a general manager when you don't get the support of the owner and you've got a manager, a field manager out there who will not listen to you because all other 29 uh, teams, Tim, they all, all we know is the manager actually reports to the general manager, but it looked like in this particular case in the angels, it didn't your thoughts. Well, yeah, it's definitely a problem situation. Why did they hire Depoto in the first place? Why didn't they just give uh, Socha both titles? Uh, I think it's I think it's a serious problem uh, when one individual gets bigger than the some parts of the whole of the organization. Usually, it doesn't lead to a successful situation at all. And hey. Mike Sosha, you, you've been you've been running by your your gut feelings, and and you just take a look at what he's done in the past five six weeks, tinkering with his lineup up top. Have we seen any positive results? Not really. He finally went to a stable lineup about a week ago, and lo and behold, surprise of all surprises, Calhoun starts hitting again. Like he was juggling things and moving things all over the place, and the result results weren't there. At some point in time. 
uh, I think they're going to have a real hard time replacing DePoto. Who wants to get stuck in that situation, Rich? I totally agree with you, Tim, because you're, you're a yes man. You are simply taking whatever direction Mike Sosa is going to give, and he's been emboldened by this particular move. But let's go back to DePoto, Tim. Now, again, I, the rash side of me, the um, give him hell side of me wants to say, way to go, Jerry DePoto. You shouldn't have taken it. But if I'm doing career counseling, I'm going – you know, you probably shouldn't quit 30 days before the trading deadline because this is there's only 30 of these jobs. And as much as you are being screwed, does an owner want to hire you when you pretty much screwed over the angels there? How are they going to make any trades? Who's going to run the show, et cetera, et cetera? I think that was a poor move. He should have sucked it up, Tim, at least for 30 or 60 days and played out the string there. He could, I think he could have probably have done that, but no, he decided to leave. And so did uh, Riggleman. Remember that when he left the, uh, mm -hmm. he, he did the, she tried to, uh, to demand to the ownership to uh, give him an extended contract because he deserved it. And they said, nah, no, we don't. And he, he quit. Tim, last I heard, he hasn't been a field manager since. Well, yeah, maybe uh, at this stage of Jerry DePoto's life, uh, things that he thought were important aren't really all that important anymore, Rich. And maybe that had a hand in his decision. I don't know. I, I agree that quitting abruptly as a rule is not the appropriate measure to take. You should always give notice, yada, yada, yada. But again, we don't know how far a corner he was backed into. And hey, Every, everybody has their breaking point, and maybe uh, maybe he crossed. Uh, maybe that line was crossed with Jerry Depoto, and and if he doesn't get another job, I'm sure that uh, he thought that through before this decision was made. Yeah, I hope so, Timmy. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I've been in very difficult situations in my career, and I, you know, I'm at this kind of level, you know, where I'm. I got tons of responsibility and so forth. And there's been many times to me, I just wanted to, uh, you know, go in and tell my boss, I'm done. See you later. But I, I thought about it and go, that's not the right thing. And rethink stuff, Tim, and try to maneuver yourself out of a situation and still move on, but try to do the right thing. Cause Tim, I got to tell you, it's a small, small world and baseball is the smallest of small worlds. And, uh, I just hope he doesn't get screwed. I think everybody respects him. He seems like a good guy. I sure hope he's got uh, another opportunity in the bag. But boy, I don't know, man. I would have, uh, I would have tried to find some way to suck it up for for thirty to sixty days. Yeah, um, I guess my question is: Do does the community have more respect for Jerry Depoto or for Mike Sosha and Artie Moreno? I bet you that I bet you they have more uh, support for. Um, Jerry Depoto, because I, I I don't think Artie Marino is looked upon as a great owner. Kind of a he was a guy that hired. It was his call to hire Josh Hamilton. It was his call to get rid of Josh Hamilton. He made the deal with C.J. Wilson when Depoto didn't want to bring him in. He made the deal for um, Albert Pujols when Depoto wasn't even thinking that. And you know, I Pujols has been great, but eventually. He's going to get very, very old, Tim, and that last three or four years, that contract's going to look very, very ugly. But it's his call. So maybe it's all about Artie Marino, but still, he still left them in a lurch. And I think that's going to make some owners pause pause for a moment. Yeah, I, un undoubtedly it will. And I wish the best to DePoto. And man, oh man, I think the Angels uh, have their hands full.
There's a young hitter in the Mets organization, Tim, a guy by the name of Michael Conforto. I've seen him play. The dude can hit, and the Mets need a hitter. And there was a report that came out, I believe it was on Friday night, that the Mets before then had said, there's no way we're promoting Michael Conforto. And now all of a sudden they're saying, well, maybe there is. Tim, the Mets can hit. They don't have any money. So you don't think they're going to bring in any kind of hitter here over, you know, at the trade deadline. You're the expert in terms of picking these guys up, picked up Steve Matz, Carlos Correa, Miguel Sano for Tout Wars, all these guys for a buck. Are you going to play the buck game with Michael Conforto? In some leagues, yes. In tout, no. I'm at the stage now where I need uh, I need to make up some ground in the counting stats. I can't afford to have a player uh, active who's not going to produce. I do think that the odds are good that we see Conforto. And, hey, based on your recommendation uh, and your rankings uh, of this player, he could be a big-time asset right out of the gate. So I certainly wouldn't be shying away from picking him up. Not at all. Are, are the Mets going to go out and give away a Steven Matz or a Syndergaard to, you know, to, to look at maybe a, a rental? Uh, are they going to spend it on Tulowitzki? I, I can't see it. I, I think the odds are good that they'll they'll try an upgrade through fringe fringe sort of talent. But would you give up Stephen Matz right now? You know, Tim, it, it's it's a tough call. I mean, they've got an embarrassment of riches in their pitching stuff. I I worry that Steve Matz is going to stay healthy. He has a history of getting injured a lot. I mean, you got to give up players to get players, Tim. That's just the bottom line. If Steve Matsk would be a uh, centerpiece to bringing in Troy Tulowitzki, I think I make that trade. Uh, I really do. I mean, I, I mean, you, you can't just – I mean, look at what they're doing. They can't score any runs, Tim, and they, they have arguably the best pitching staff out there. They don't have Zach Wheeler in it. I mean, they have a really good pitching staff. Well, yeah, Matt's is your number five, and we saw what he could do today. Yeah, I, I guess the question is: is is too low? Is too low the guy you should be targeting? Maybe you should be looking. What's wrong with say the Mets looking at uh, Upton as a rental? How yeah, you're not. Have to, you're, not you're not going to have to give up. Yeah, you're not going to have to give up uh, Matt's to get <laughs> to get Upton. Mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't yeah. heard. I mean, uh, the Padres. I'm not even following them, Timmy. I, I mean, are they even? Are they even any good? <laughs> so, well, they they just brought up Jed Jerko again. <laughs> what, is that good or bad, Tim? <laughs> it's good for Jed. <laughs> well, let's take a look at this, Tim. While we're talking about, uh, let's take a look at the standings. Let's kind of go division by division. We got some time here. Actually, we're we're chewing sure. up a lot of time here, Tim. <laughs> I just looked at it. We've already been on the air for uh, 50 minutes, but I, I do want to do this. I think it'll be good. Let's just let's start with the um, the NL West. You got the Dodgers in first place by three and a half games. San Francisco second. Arizona, Tim, almost at 500. The the um, Padres six games six games under 500, and the Rockies way out of it. Is there any reason, is there any way that the Dodgers don't win that division? Uh, I think there's a possibility they could get caught by the Giants, depending on the pitching situation. Uh, uh, Giants aren't playing uh, bad baseball, and they've got got some pitching. So 
I wouldn't rule the Giants out. Everything, uh, everything from there on down is a little bit of a crapshoot. Arizona's got a ton of offense, but I, I think they're lacking a bit in pitch, pitching. And the Padres should be selling everything and anything they can uh, at this stage. But so they, they, so Tim, did they screw up? I mean, Justin Upton's having a really, really good year, and I think uh, Robert, our last, uh, I, I think he put him in the, the first round, or as a guy maybe in the second round, or something like mm. that. So he's having a, a good year. But it's Matt Kemp that's just been, I mean, the guy that hasn't done it at all. They, they've committed a ton of money to him. Well, yeah, they're not going to move Matt Kemp unless they eat a lot of dollars, and I, and I don't see that. Uh, I don't see that happening. Upton's heading into free agency. Uh, hey, he could be a huge asset for any contending team uh, down the stretch. So it, it's got to be got to be Upton. But you know, the big disappointment in San Diego has been the pitching. It, it simply hasn't been there this year. Robert said, I, I said Upton could be in the first round next year. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. Sorry, Robert. I, I only half pay attention to the show, just just so you know. <laughs> so uh, Timmy doesn't pay attention at all, just to go on record. I pay half attention. So that, that, that puts, so um, Arizona seems to be a fraud, Tim. They, they don't have enough pitching, as you said. Um, Patrick Corbin came back, though, yesterday. Looked okay. He looks really rusty to me because I did watch probably three innings of that game. And, uh, I mean, the command is definitely not there. Is it a guy that you'd be going out trying to pick up this week, or is he just not ready? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd attempt to pick him up, but I wouldn't pay much for the privilege. Uh, I, I think when you, when you look at all three pitchers that came back, four if you want to throw Matt Kane in there. But, you know, you look at, look at Nova, look at Moore, look at Kane, Corbin. They all had uh, they all had uh, some positives and and some negatives and that that's standard fare when you're coming back from a rather major injury. So yeah, if I can get them at the right price, sure. If I already own them and invested a whole dollar in them, yeah, you sit back and you see how things unfold. I wouldn't be spending a ton of money on them though. All right, Tim. So you just lost Steven Strasburg, and in this kind of crazy world, Matt Moore, Patrick Corbin, Ivan Nova, and Matt Kane are the only four guys, four pitchers on the waiver wire for this un- bizarre type of uh, league. So you got to pick up one of them. Why don't you rank them for me? Matt Moore, Patrick Corbin, Ivan Nova, or Matt Kane? Oh, I'm going to go Moore. Tim? Yeah. Can you say that again? I missed it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you were watching the baseball game too, eh? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, no, I think your technology pooped on us, but keep, uh, keep going, Tim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm shocked there. Uh, Moore, <laughs> Nova, uh, Pat Corbin, and Matt Cain in that order. Wow, Matt Cain at the end. That's interesting, Tim. He, he probably looked the poorest of all of them, but he's at least the guy that didn't have Tommy John surgery. No, but he's had just about every other surgery known to man, I think, in the past two years, if I'm not mistaken. So it's there's a lot of rust to knock off there. And the year, the year, year maybe two years before that, we haven't seen the Matt Kane that we associated with being a dominant, you know, number two ace type pitcher. We haven't seen him in a few years, Rich. Yeah, let's go to the NL Central. We got St. Louis six games above Pittsburgh, who's 47 and 34, Tim. They, they're just in the wrong division, as we've talked about before. The Cubs, 44 and 36. You could argue they're in the wrong division. And then way out of it is Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Do the Cubs have a chance, Tim, to make it as a wild card? 
I think they do. Uh, you know, hey, some of these kids, I think we're going to see. Uh, we've already seen some great stuff from Bryant in the first half. I think he's only going to get better. I think Addison Russell is going to get better. Uh, they got to find themselves a starting pitcher. Uh, you know, I, I I like what Madden's done with the bullpen. I, I've liked Jason Mott for a long time, and it looks like he's got the job now. So things are coming together. I, I think the Cubs can contend, but they got to find one more starting pitcher somewhere. Tim, I completely agree with you. They have an embarrassment of riches with offensive talent. At some point, they need to pull the trigger. And if the, if the season ended today, Tim, it would be Pittsburgh hosting the Chicago Cubs in the wild card game. So they have a chance. Why not go after Cole Hamels? I mean, why not uh, get rid of, why not move like a Billy McKinney um, and a couple of other, maybe even a ha- Javier Baez, Javier Baez, Billy McKinney, and a third guy to bring in Cole Hamels? I think that would be a great kind of move because uh, the problem is, I guess, Javier Baez, I guess he could play second long term for the, for the Phillies, but you could have JP Crawford at short, Javier Baez at second. And Michael Franco at uh, third. All of a sudden, your infield has been completely transformed. Uh, and you still get Billy McKinney, who I think is going to be a really quality outfielder. I think that's a really nice move. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And then the other thing that the Cubs have working to their advantage right now is they know that Pittsburgh isn't going to go out and make the moves that they potentially could. Uh, you know, they have, you know, Pittsburgh has never made that kind of move, bringing in what they need to, to make that extra step. So if I was the Cubs looking at that history combined, combined with the depth of, of riches that they have, why not wind it up? What's the worst that is going to happen? They end up uh, increasing their payroll by a little bit, and I'm sure they can handle that at Wrigley. So if you analyze the NL, so Timmy, let's just do the NL East, the, the Nats are – they're going to win, right? So they're uh, they're nine games above 500. The Mets have 42 wins. I just don't believe, unless they make a major move uh, to get some offense, that they're going to do anything. Atlanta's next at 40 and 42. They're still building for a couple of years out. Miami is hurting and Philadelphia stinks. So if you take a look at the Cubs, Tim, they're really, I think, competing against San Francisco for that last uh, wild card. They're two games up on them. So to me, it's the Nats, St. Louis, and the Dodgers, probably your divisional winners. And then three teams fighting for the wild card, and that's Pittsburgh, Cubs, and San Francisco. If we believe that the, the Padres aren't going to be able to make a big move and do anything, and the Mets aren't aren't really real, and the Arizona Diamondbacks aren't real. So they're legitimately in it, Tim. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's... I. You know, barring barring uh, an amazing run by any any one of those other teams, which I don't see happening. Yeah, I think it's down to three teams: Giants, Cubs, and the Pirates. And when you look at those three teams, uh, which two of those are more likely to make a move at the deadline? Yeah, it's not the Pirates. So that would be it. Yep. Yep, totally agree. Let's go to the AL, Tim. It's uh, let's start with the West. We got the Astros still hanging in there, twelve games above, uh, above uh, five hundred. Actually, the best record in the American League, which is totally cool. They're up mm-hmm. well, three and a half games on the Angels, which you know, I, Tim, they're legitimately in it. I don't know if the the um, the Rangers are in it. They're five hundred. The Seattle is terrible, thirty eight and forty four. Oakland is 
playing a lot better, but I don't know if they can make up that much room. But it looks like it's down to the Houston against the Angels for that divisional. Yeah, I I wouldn't rule the Rangers out. Uh, who, who knows what could potentially happen there. Uh, they might get that starting pitcher, and that could make all the difference in the world. They're not far enough behind yet, but uh, and you know you, you look at look at the Angels. Uh, they they got to win a few games. Houston's dealing with 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 the loss of George Springer right now, and that's uh, that's going to be big shoes to fill. So I, I think it's going to be a very very fascinating race in that division right to the end. And uh, the first team that steps out and makes a move, I think, has to be has to be the above board favorite. And if any one of those teams can land Cole Hamels, that puts us in a very good situation. Yeah, it's interesting with uh, with uh, with. Um... RJA said Ruben JMR are looking like short timer there, Tim, and Andy McPhail's come in. He's now saying that he needs time to evaluate uh, Cole Hamels and he needs to learn the minor league players and blah, 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 that he might not move him this month. It might move him in the offseason. That that would be the craziest thing ever because there's no way that Cole Hamels has, Hamels has more value than he does today over the next couple of weeks while he's healthy while there's four or five teams with money the cubs have a ton of money the astros have a ton of money tim they don't pay anybody anything they've got a ton of money and everybody's coming to their games and you know the yankees are going to be in on on cole hamels it is the wild wild west for cole hamels i think he's got to move and if the red sox continue to play well they could even step back into the cole hamels sweepstake well, yeah, it's it's a, it's a situation where I think they'd be totally insane to wait until the offseason. You're right. His value will not get any higher than it's going to be for the next three weeks. What did he do today? I think he, what, tossed seven innings, a shutout ball, and left with the score? Nothing. Zero, nothing. zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know that yeah. for a fact, Tim, because I, I own Cole Hamels, as you do in several leagues, and uh, <laughs> you just shake your yeah. head and go, why did I – why did I uh, sign Cole Hamels for when the win is a category? I don't know, but oh well. You know, because the, he was being somebody, traded, Rich. That's why. Uh, that's true. Yeah, he's supposed to be traded. So this is self-serving. You know who's been a big difference maker for Texas that I would have not guessed, and that is Giovanni Gallardo, two fifty-six oh. ERA. He's not striking out a ton of guys anymore, but Tim, he's played really, really well with again an ERA of two five six, a WHIP of one fourteen. He's won uh, how many games has he won? He's won seven games. It's been a really nice surprise for fantasy owners. Well, absolutely huge. I think he's on a streak right now of twenty some odd innings without allowing a run. Uh, who would have ever thunk it? It certainly wouldn't have been me, but. Uh, he has to be one of the biggest reasons that we're even mentioning Texas being uh, in in the chase for a playoff spot. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely huge all the way around. Kansas City is in first place, Tim, by four and a half games over Minnesota. I don't know if they're for real, but sitting in third place, 41 and 40, is the Detroit Tigers. Justin Ver, uh, let me finish up, Cleveland. I don't know how they're, they're five games under 500 with that pitching staff, Tim, but they are in the Chicago White Sox or seven games under 500. Um, I still think they're underperforming, but first of all, the Detroit Tigers, Justin Verlander looked really strong in four innings and fell apart in the fifth inning. I don't know if, if it's David Price and Anibal, Anibal, Anibal Sanchez is enough, Tim. 
No, I don't know if it's enough either. And now losing Miggy for the next six, seven weeks, that's not gonna that's not gonna improve the odds in Detroit. Uh, you know, who who knows what's gonna happen? But if Detroit goes into a little bit of a swoon in the next couple of weeks, they could actually turn into sellers at the deadline. That would be amazing, Tim. And and they over the last couple of years, they've sold everybody. There's just nobody there to sell. Derek Hill was their first round draft pick last year. He's been terrible. So uh, I don't know who in the world they would sell to, to try to bring in. I think they need more pitching with my guess, but Mickey Cabrera, I think Victor Martinez is back. I think you throw him at first base a little bit. And uh, I, I don't know, but I, I worry about that team. Tim, let's go to the American league East, which is where all the fun starts. The Yankees, believe it or not, are up a game over Baltimore. Who's up, uh, who is tied with Tampa, who is, uh, no, I'm sorry, a game ahead of Tampa, and Tampa and Toronto are tied, and even Boston is only five games out. Who wins the American League East? Oh, man, I, it's a total crapshoot. It really is. But you know what? I'm going to go with my northern loyalty here, and I'm going to say that the Jays get their starting pitcher, improve their bullpen, ramp it up, and the Jays win that uh, division in a close race. I think the Red Sox win, Tim. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because okay. they're going to get Cole Hamels. I think well, they're back would... in it. They're, they're playing better. Uh, uh, Clay Buckholz, Tim, nobody listens. Clay Buckholz has been one of the best pitchers since the middle of May over the last – uh, four to six weeks that's been in baseball. He's looking like the guy, a number two guy that we thought they're missing a top of the rotation guy. And I think it's Cole Hamels. Nobody has a deeper, um, well, not nobody, probably the, the, the Astros do uh, with this past draft. But I think the Red Sox have the second or third deepest farm system and they can deal from that strength, Timmy, and bring in a Cole Hamels very easily. Yeah, I hate I, I guess it's going to be whether or not uh, Ruben Amaro wants to play the game without the two players that he was listing as essentials in a deal with Boston. Because uh, I don't see Boston making a move with uh, Swihart or Mookie Betts. So, uh, uh, hey, Boston's got the chips. It's whether or not uh, Ruben thinks those uh, chips are sufficient. I think they are, Timmy. I think uh, Manny Margot and Rafael Devers put those at the top of the rotation. Michael Kopech put him as a, a guy in low A that's got probably the best arm in the um, Red Sox organization. They just got Benatani as their number one draft pick, who, who was the Golden Spikes winner. So that's a stacked, stacked uh, offense uh, and, and farm system. That And you can even throw in Henry Owens, who is you know, still – and probably a number three upside. There's a ton of talent that they don't have to give up Mookie Betts, and they can't because Mookie Betts is going to be an all-star. Uh, and I don't think they'll give up Blake Swihart either because I do think he is the catcher of the future. But I think there's enough there, Tim. And um, and it's going to be fun. Cole Hamels has to go. There's too many teams, Tim, that could truly put them over the top with him, and particularly the Yankees, Toronto, and Boston. They can make a major difference in the AL East. Well, yeah, and you know, you're talking about players the Tigers could move. Uh, what happens if they decide to put David Price on the block? I think if they're out of it, Tim, they have to because David Price is a free agent next year. Yeah, he's coming up to it. I'm not sure if it's next year or the year after. I think it might be next year. Uh, I'm not. I'm not was, sure on this. I thought it was coming up, Tim. 
maybe Robert yeah, in the I mean, interactive right. chat room. Can Robert, can you uh, can you check when uh, <laughs> when David Price comes up for free agency? Yeah, I think it is next year now that I think about it, because we were talking about having Pittsburgh making a move for him last summer, Rich. That's right, where they could have him for a year and a half, right? Yeah, that's what I recall. Timmy, let's move to your yeah. waiver wire. We don't have the song yet, and Conan, I promise to get you that song very, very shortly. At the top of your list, Timmy, you miss. You mentioned Miguel Sano, third baseman with the Minnesota Twins. 71% owned in CBS, 43% owned in ESPN. I question, Timmy, whether he is a guy that people should be picking up. He's going to strike out a ton. Uh, there is tremendous power. I just don't know. Well, uh, when you look at Sano, how many bats are you going to have access to through the waiver wire that have the potential to hit 10, 12 home runs over the balance of the year? Not very many. If you're going to roll a dice, I think he's one guy to roll it on because I think the Twins are going to stick with him right through. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you're right. I just don't know if the batting average is going to be a killer. In the extra chat room, everybody's talking. David Price is going to be a cubby. Uh, Brooks Santelli says that he's already been reported strongly considering following Joe Madden. Tim, if Joe Madden has the most amount of money, I guarantee you that uh, David Price will follow Joe Madden. <laughs> yeah, I can't see any problems. I, hey, you know what? I'll follow Joel Madden if he throws a 50 spot my way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jason Mott, Timmy, tell me about Jason Mott. You think he's got the Cubs closing role now? Yeah, you know, I, six scoreless appearances since uh, the end of June. To the last two saves have gone to Mott. And here's my choice for the new name for the Cubs bullpen. I'm calling... Jason Mott, the leader of the Motley crew. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I, I, soon as you started that, uh, that, that thing, Tim, I don't know if it's a joke. I don't even know what it was. I knew exactly where it was going. <laughs> and I was rolling <laughs> my you. eyes. If, did you hear me rolling my eyes? Tim? <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought, I thought, I thought it might just be some bad reception here with my <laughs> antique computer, but nah, yeah, deservedly so. The next guy is Gregor Blanco, Tim. Uh, of course, he's an all-star. He is uh, might be the, the second coming of Brandon Belt. Everybody could pick up uh, Gregor Blanco. Jeffrey Marte, we've already talked about, and Detroit. Irving Santana, Tim writes, I know I mentioned him a couple of weeks back, but after today's effort, probably worth revisiting. Timmy, I did not get a chance to see his effort. What did he do? Eight innings pitched, three hits, three walks, two runs, eight strikeouts. A very, very impressive debut for the Twins. Yeah, very much, very much so. The guy can pitch. Uh, oh, so, yeah. uh, and, and he's going to be pitching in the right ballpark. So, I, I like that. Uh, I like that pick, though, Timmy. I will never own Irving Santana again. I've, 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 I've owned him too many times, and it's just always in it poorly for me. So, I, I am going to respectfully bow out of the, of the, uh, of the bidding for young Irving Santana this weekend. Yeah, and, that, and that's fair enough. We've all got our Scott Baker crutches to carry, don't we? <laughs> that's right. CJ Cron, Timmy, a uh, ton of power up and down, up and down through the minor leagues and back with the Los Angeles Angels. Does he get enough playing time this time around? Well, you know, <laughs> Saturday went three for four with six RBIs. That's got to buy him some time, uh, Rich. So, you know, in, in deeper leagues, Hey, he's definitely worth worth a look just for that pure power potential. All right. Robert saying Odor bombed just now. Is that uh is that a smell joke, Tim? Or uh, what what is that? I don't know. He but he's, he, 
He's been playing well. He hasn't been stinking up the joint. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Again, everybody listening saw that one coming at 12. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm way too obvious. I'm going to have to develop that skill called subtlety, I think, Rich. No, no, no. It's 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 funny because most of your stuff is subtle, but when you when you come at us double-barreled straight at the chest, I mean, it's, uh, that's actually funny as well just because we all see it coming. So. <laughs> Okay, it's hey, babe, we all have things we have to work on. Challenges are a good thing. <laughs> you have a Philly on the list here, Tim, and it's tough to, to say we should be picking up a Philly, but Cesar Hernandez has been seeing a lot of bases, got a lot of speed, second and third base eligible, CBS 43% owned, and ESPN. You don't usually see this, Timmy. Own more in ESPN leagues. Your thoughts on Cesar Hernandez? Well, he's right in the midst of a 10 game hit streak. He stole a couple more bases today. Uh, Chase Utley looks like he's going to be a while before he returns to second base. And as long as Hernandez continues to wield a hot stick, uh, then how's Philly going to take him out of there? Uh, I, I like Hernandez, especially if you're looking at uh, batting average support and cheap steals. Yeah, absolutely. Joe Ross, Tim, with uh, Steven Strasburg going out. I think he's got to be the guy that gets the gig. Well, yeah, they didn't make a move heading into this week because I don't believe they need uh, they need a fifth starting pitcher. I think they're going to turn it over to Rourke for this week. Uh, I think they brought up Taylor Jordan, but he's not the answer. Uh, I think uh, I think they're going to look at slotting Ross in that first the second week after the All Star break, not the short week, but they'll slot him into that second week, and he could be a two start pitcher in that second week, depending on how things shake down. So I think now is the time to be buying in on Joe Ross. That twenty three to two strikeout to walk rate and the two wins in that brief edition, man, uh, he's looking good. You know that game that I tell you, Carlos Correa hit uh, hit a home run that first game of the season last year. Yeah. Hit it off of Joe Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and what was got your the, assessment of Joe Ross? That I night? didn't like him, Tim. I did not like him. I, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, I had heard so much about Joe Ross, obviously the mm. younger brother, Tyson Ross. I knew he was a top prospect, but I actually wrote, uh, wrote about him on my site, and I wasn't all that impressed. I mean, uh, the slider was just okay for me. Um, but man, obviously he's, he's pulled it together, switched, uh, switched organization. Maybe that had something to do with it as well, but I wasn't all that enamored with him. Uh, okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. Maybe Mr. Ross has taken a big step forward since your, uh, the last time you saw him, he obviously has. Why do you have Sergio Romo here, Tim? Uh, because right now San Diego Castilla is dealing with fatigue. Hmm. And uh, the the Giants are going to back off uh, from what I've been reading for the next couple of weeks. If that's the uh, if that's the case, uh, somebody's got to close out games uh, while Casillo rests his fatigue. And Sergio Romo, <laughs> I think, is going to be that guy. I've never sounds been naughty. Honored. Sounds yes. naughty resting your fatigue, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it does. You know what I? I know, I know Casillas has performed extremely well, but I've never been real huge on this guy. He's had chances. He failed. He went back into setup. He was a closer. He was a setup guy, ping and pong, left, right, and center. And I always keep the setup guy in, in San Francisco. When, when Casillas is closing, I always keep the setup guy close at hand because I, I just don't feel well about that situation. Brooks asking the interactive chat room, Hunter Strickland get a shot. At what? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Hunter Strickland fan, Tim. I, I'm not sure he knows where the yeah. ball is going, but uh, yeah, that's, I, that's I, my I would, issue there, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody says Casillo blew his fourth save of the season on Wednesday night, yielding three runs without retiring a batter. That would Timmy, be correct. Our, our main topic that we're supposed to cover is we're going to have to do it abbreviated, but since I named the podcast after these guys, any good, we got to do a couple of them. <laughs> it's pretty funny because I I'm, I'm looking at the notes and I looked at the, I'm looking right in front of me. Episode 289. Are these guys any good? And I'm looking at the clock that says uh, 15 minutes and 17 seconds. And we ain't there yet. We've done it again, Rich. <laughs> I know, but Timmy was amazing. We were all over the, the place, but we actually did almost everything I wanted to talk about, which was actually good. So we might cut uh, just uh, our, our two starts pitchers uh, just a little bit. But Timmy, the first guy mm. is Yasmani. Tam so, so let me set it up here. So these guys have done pretty well, Tim, and I, I just don't get them. I mean, I, I know they've got some talent, but I don't think they have this amount of talent. Yasmani Tomas is a guy that's mystified me uh, from the get-go. He's batting 318. He hit his fifth home run yesterday. He's got four stolen bases. The strikeouts aren't what I thought they were going to be. He's only well, there's a lot of strikeouts, but it's only twenty point one percent strikeout rate. He's not walking at all at five point one percent. He's got an expected um, batting average of two sixty seven. So Timmy Yasmani Tomas, I mean, I I just don't get it. Yeah, I I'm having troubles getting it too because I thought for sure what we were going to see out of Tomas this year was a 220 batting average with 25 25 home runs. I, I thought he was just going to rear back uh, with that leg kick and just try and power everything, and he hasn't, and it's almost been refreshing. Uh, you know, I, I'm happy with Tom, Tom, Tomas right now. He's playing in a good park for his skills. I think the home runs will come up. Uh, I'm definitely in hold mode on uh, Tomas right now. Yeah, I am too, Timmy. And uh, but I mean, the expected uh, batting average according to Baseball HQ is sitting around 270. So the uh, hit tool looks better than we thought. Again, he hit a home run last night. I think he's hit a few home runs over the last couple of weeks, but I just not buying it. Kevin Pillar, Tim, we saw him do the crazy catch where he crawled up the uh, the fence. I think that was in April. He didn't hit, but now he's hitting 315 plate appearances, a 285 batting average, six home runs, 12 stolen bases. The strikeout rate is pretty good at 15.6. The walk rate, he's very, very aggressive, only 4.1. is expected. Batting average is 260. Is Kevin Pillar for, for real? I'm not buying into Pillar. Uh, I think Pillar's biggest skill in the game is, is defense. And I think that defense has allowed him the opportunity to perform at a level that probably he didn't even think he was capable of. Uh, if I could get the right deal, I'd move Pilar right now. I agree with you. Brett Laurie, Tim, 303 plate appearances, a 283 batting average, seven home runs, four stolen bases, striking out a 26.1% strikeout rate. Very, very aggressive at the plate, 4.6% walk rate. His expecting batting average is 241. It feels like it's a, it's a sell high, if that's even right for Brett Laurie. I'm just not buying it. Well, yeah, I, I, I think you have trouble buying it when you look at that 26% uh, strikeout rate. But what are you going to get for him? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, 
where where do you upgrade at third third base without paying a huge a huge premium to do it? And Brett Laurie is not that premium. He is the afterthought to any sort of a deal when you're looking at upgrading. So I would say you bought him, you got him, you own him, you hold. And he does have four stolen bases. Maybe he'll get into double digits before the year's over. That's yeah, interesting. I remember Timmy, I mean, so Brett Laurie, I don't want to say he was Chris Bryant three years ago. But he was, I mean, he was close. I mean, he was untouchable in a dynasty league. I mean, this is a guy that came up, I think it was 11 home runs and 150 uh, 50 plate appearances. This was a guy that everybody wanted. He was the number one prospect that year who was coming up, who came up. He, he uh, Before he came up, if you recall, he broke his wrist. He got hit on, hit on his finger or something like that. And then he had that remarkable run, and he's never been – any good after that he's never lived up to that first two months in the in the league no no he hasn't uh, if i remember correctly laurie was going i believe as high as like third fourth round it was off the charts uh people were anticipating big things i was anticipating big things from uh, brett laurie uh and it was just never fulfilled and i think uh as we set the bar a little bit lower i think the odds of him attaining expectations in the future should be there yeah unfortunately timmy uh in dynasty leagues there's a lot more brett lorries than there are carlos correa guys who come up and do remarkable things the first 100 to 150 at bats more of them become brett lorie than are probably going to become carlos correa or maybe we should just say mike trout i mean so because uh, yeah. uh, mike trout and brett lorie came up at the same time and their careers have gone vastly in opposite directions Oh yeah, well, without a doubt, when you when you look at the dynasty game, uh, all you have to do is 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 look at your top rookies every year and see how many of them were drafted, see them you know through the through the system and held for a number of years on dynasty teams, and yeah, your odds of success are far far lower. Uh, I mean, sorry, of failure are far higher than they ever are of success with young players. There's no doubt about it at all. None. Yeah, and the point is, for those of you new new to the fantasy uh, uh, game, again, Brett Laurie was Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, Miguel Sano. He was that guy when he yep. when he came up. That's all everybody talked about. We talked about him on the show. Jimmy Paredes, Tammy, I don't get it. 246 plate appearances, a 315 batting average, 10 home runs, three stolen bases, striking out a ton at 24.8%, not walking at all, so very aggressive at the plate, 4.9%. That 315, according to Baseball HQ, is an expected 276. Is he for real? Not close. Not not at all. If you can sell him and get anything, go for it. When you got 62 strikeouts and 12 walks in 246 plate appearances, that is not a good sign. That uh, uh, I would be very, very surprised if he bats 250 in the second half. Yeah, that's interesting. I agree with you, Timmy. Wasn't he in Japan for a while, too? I mean, this is a guy that was was really out of the game. Yeah, he's no spring chicken. Wasn't he in the Astros system, too, at one point in time? I think he was he's in the all- Yankees. He was in the Yankees system, I thought. Uh, okay. Yeah, somehow the Astros rings a bell in the dark years. <laughs> you could be right, Timmy. Let me see. Parades. I'm putting typed in Parades here, Timmy. Did I spell it correctly? I'm in Baseball America, which is one of my – I, I love, oh, I misspelled it. How do you spell Parades there, Tim? A P A R R A D E S. A D E S. That's what I typed in P A R A D E S. 
Yeah, if he's not listed at Baseball America, that's the answer to all of our questions, I think. <laughs> uh, he's not coming up, Timmy. I am not spelling it correctly. Now, this is ticking me off. Every, we're going to now really delay the entire thing because now I'm very upset that mm. I cannot spell Jimmy Parady's name correct. So I'm Try typing D E S. I'm typing in Jimmy. P A R E D E S, Timmy. You, yes. you can't spell. I mean, macro is right. You're totally I took, from your, <laughs> I took it from your notes, Rich. <laughs> They're right in front of me. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> sorry for hanging you out to dry. Actually, I'm not sorry for hanging you out to dry. I'm sorry <laughs> because I'm a Canadian that says sorry for everything. How's that? <laughs> uh, that's true. Okay, so uh, Jimmy Parades uh, uh, came up a Yankee, so we got that one right. So he was signed okay. in uh, 2006 out of the Dominican and stayed in the Yankee organization, then traded away to, um, to the Houston Astros, uh, but never did make it to Japan, Timmy. So uh, I was wrong on that and uh, made it to the Baltimore organization last year and uh, stuck ever since. Mm. Yes. And now he's getting his moment in the sun and I don't think it'll be a real long one. 20 it's only 26 years old says so it's 26 year old hmm. season so uh it's interesting i'm glad we solved the how to spell jimmy parade's name so <laughs> look it, it it didn't highlight word did not highlight that as a misspelled word so that's probably because oh, okay. it's parades so i don't know anyway let's yeah, keep going tim go. let's get we got four pitchers here hector santiago 94 and a third innings pitch 258 era Eight and a half strikeouts per nine, a 3.15 walk per nine. Everything looks great, Timmy, but his expected FIP is 446. It looks like Hector Santiago is a fraud. Yeah, he's been stranding a few uh, on the bases from what I can recall. Uh, hey, it's always going to be about the free passes with San Diego and, and, and finding the strike zone. And he's uh, he's been better this year, but he still has his moments. Uh, I think if you, uh, I'm in, I'm in hold mode there, uh, fully anticipating he's not going to help my whip and the ERA is going to regress a bit, but I still think he's going to be a solid four or five, maybe, maybe six in your fantasy rotation moving forward. Andrew McQuiston says, I just won my NFBC bad bit for Steven Matz. Yes. I asked him how much Timmy. So let's see how much, how much do you think it costs Steven to get Steven Matz in the NFBC? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew had about 440 bucks he could spend because we were talking about it on the Facebook page. I'm thinking he spent 385. 321. Okay. Nice. Congratulations, Andrew. Well done. That's a good buy. You got some cash left over to play with. Yeah, that's that is a really good buy. That's I mean, again, Stephen Matz would have come up when he was supposed to come up to it would cost a lot more just the fact that people have spent already a ton of fab in these deeper leagues and there's just not a whole lot to go around. Uh, Scott Casimir, Tim, 98 and a third innings pitch, 256 ERA, eight and a half strikeouts per nine, 3.02 walks per nine. And that expected FIP is 355. So it's a run higher, but Scott Casimir is much better than anybody thought. My worry with him, Timmy, and I, I love your thoughts on, on this. I think as long as he stays in Oakland, he can he can pitch better than his expected FIP is. If he gets traded almost anywhere else, Tim, boy, it is danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, I agree. And the other concern I have, and I don't have anything other than looking at his past history and my gut feeling is, is he going to stay healthy? Are, are we going to get 
uh, another 90 innings out of Scott Casimir. And my gut is telling me, no, I would sell on Casimir if I owned him right now. Kyle Gibson, 102 third innings pitch, a 304 ERA, 5.81 walks per nine, 2.95, uh, excuse me, 5.81 strikeouts per nine, 2.95 walks per nine. According to fan graphs, it's an expected uh, XFIP at 419. It smells like Kyle Gibson is a fraud to me, Tim. Yeah, the problem I have with Kyle Gibson is that 581 uh, strikeouts per nine. He's, he's not striking out enough batters right now. And at some point in time, without having that big out pitch, I think he's going to run into problems. If I could get the right uh, return on Gibson, uh, I would make a move on him. It appears, Tim, we might be eating crow on this last one. Chris Heston, 97 and two-third inning pitch, a 378 ERA, 7.37 strikeout per nine, a 2.40 walk per nine, an expected or XFIP at 339. From everything I've looked at, Tim, Chris Heston looks pretty good to me. Yeah, I think he looks pretty good. I think he looks all right, but I'm still not sold. <laughs> oh, so I, you're I'm not, not ready to not ready to eat crow yet? Then I was about ready to no. to, to to put some crow up there, Timmy. Well, no, I. Uh... I think we're going to see some good games and we're going to see some bad games. And I think we're going to see a lot of inconsistency. He is what he is. If you can get the right price moving him, I, I would take it because I've owned some of those bad starts and I'm not convinced that they've all gone away. Not yet. we got two minutes left and we'll lose our interactive chat room. Tim, but we'll keep going. Let's do a couple of two-start okay. pitchers here. There are a few two-start pitchers. The first is a, maybe a surprise. James Shield, obviously with the Kansas City Royals, started in 78% of CBS leagues at Pittsburgh and A.J. Burnett at Texas and Giovanni Gallardo. The reason I put it on here, even though you're always – oh, he's not with Kansas City. I'm sorry. He's with San Diego. Yeah. You're always right. supposed to start your studs. But in the last three outings, 16 and two-thirds innings pitch, he's 0-3, 19 strikeouts, 10 walks, 7-0-2 ERA. He goes into a very difficult place in Texas, and he goes into a very difficult place against a very at the moment, A.J. Burnett. James Shields, Tim. I got a pass. I used all uh, my shields and studs to get out of the basement a couple weeks ago, Rich. <laughs> so uh, James isn't part of the package. He's going against AJ. He's going against Gallardo. They're both pitching brilliantly right now. I don't think San Diego will give him the support on the road. I, I got a pass on James Shields. Yeah, I, as do I. That's why I put him on there. Sorry, I got the uh, the team wrong, guys. It's just uh, sometimes when you're not if you're going too fast, Tim, your brain your brain skips back a few years. Well, yeah, and, you know, it's like deja vu all over again. <laughs> there you go. Chad Bettis, Tim. Colorado Rockies, 14% started in CBS leagues. Home against the Angels and Andrew Heaney, who's been really, really good. And home against Atlanta Braves, and we don't know yet. So to be determined, their last three starts, 2-1, and one, 18 innings pitch, 12 strikeouts, 8 walks, a 3.50 ERA. He's been okay. He's a bit of a ground ball pitcher, Timmy, but he's going up against Andrew Heaney. He's been hot as anything, and... I don't know. I like the, the matchup against the Braves. What do you do with the Chad Bettis? Well, it depends on who the Braves pitcher is. If it's Manny Benuelas, well, I might not like that matchup as much. Uh, or Alex Wood, who hasn't been pitching too bad. Uh, I'm going to pass. I, just something about Rocky starters. I don't want to own them. I don't want to be forced with making a decision as to start them. I don't want them anywhere near my team, Rich. So yeah, I got to pass. It. 
You, I was surprised you didn't have Manny Banuelas in your uh, in your waiver wire article, Tim. Well, so am I, Rich. Faux de pas happening there, big time. Well, it's partly because I had him in my notes somewhere, I think, and we never got to yeah, it. Actually, <laughs> actually yeah, yeah, I sort of thought we were going to – yeah, he was under G. I think we skipped by that one. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. So uh, five and two-third innings, in, two innings pitch, two hits, seven strikes. First of all, Tim, you see how you just threw me under the bus there? You forgot him in your waiver article, but it was my fault for not bringing him up. That's what well, you said. Of course. Of course, yeah. Let's <laughs> clarify. Do we have a problem with that, Mitch? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, the wheels, on, the, the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Okay. Just wanted to was just wanted to check, Tim. Checks in the mail. Okay. Okay. It was, you know, it was it was in a friendly, very friendly way, and filled with respect. And very Canadian, very Canadian of you, Tim. I was sitting there going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But Tim, he, he left the game because of dehydration. Really? <laughs> Come on, drink some water, well, dude. Big, yeah, how big is this guy? He's apparently he's had some problems with that in the past. Uh, I read somewhere. Like I I don't I don't know that much about Manny other than seeing him in the Arizona Fall League a long long time ago and the fact that he was on everybody's can't miss prospect list. Yeah, it was on my can't list prospect list as well, Timmy. And I got to mm -hmm. tell you, there, there's guys that you want to root for. Manny Benuelas is one of those guys. I mean, he's okay. he's gone through a lot, and he's finally been able to make it to the promised land. And it, it, it to have him have that outing and pitch as well as he has, I think, or as well as he did, I think is just terrific for the kid. And I'm I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really happy for him because I've actually met him. I've talked to him. He's a good dude. Um, nice. And yeah, which is which is great. He was with the Yankees for a while, then went from the Yankees somewhere before he eventually made himself to the Braves. I think there's something there, Tim. The 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 and I wrote this down in the notes. The delivery is a la Wandy Rodriguez, and he throws across his body, which is probably part of the reason that he had uh, Tommy John surgery. But it's a really deceptive delivery. It's a very smooth delivery as well. So he's gonna be. He can repeat that delivery. It's hard to pick up. I like him in the Braves. I like him in that home stadium. I think he's definitely a guy we should be targeting. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, good call. Well, when they were coming up, the two of them, well, it was uh, it was Batanz and Ben Wallace. They were coming up at the same time through the system, and Ben Wallace was the higher of the two prospects. Wasn't he rated higher? It was the three Bs, Brockman, Ben, ben Wallace, and Batantas, and Brockman never made it, so throw him yeah. off. And Ben Wallace was definitely the top guy. And Batantis was, he was the guy that had all the stuff to him. He was the big guy with a big velocity, a big curveball. He just could not throw strikes and he still couldn't throw strikes. And then they put him in the, in the bullpen and said, just air it out, dude. And don't worry about throwing strikes. And then all of a sudden he started throwing strikes and he became the closer. So, but it was Ben Wallace who was the top dog there of the three B's they called them. Okay. Yeah. Nice to, nice to take a little bit of a walk down memory lane, isn't it? Carlos Freeze, Tim. Frias. Uh, do we care where, who he's starting against? He is starting against the Philadelphia Phillies and the Milwaukee. That's why I have him there. 10% started, but it is Carlos Frias, right? And the last three starts, yeah. 528 ERA. Do you take a risk on two terrible teams pitching in a pitcher's ballpark? No, because even those terrible teams every once in a while wake up and pound the ball. And Milwaukee's got enough offense they could do some damage. I don't know about the Phillies, but uh, that Milwaukee game concerns me. Ryan Braun's having a pretty decent year. And, you know, with power in the leadoff slot, uh, 
you know, Segura is finally starting to hit now that they've moved him down to six, seven. There's enough offense in Milwaukee. They could, they could really do some damage to your ERA. Matt Whistler's on this list, Tim, and I put him in there because I need your help because I, I have to figure out, uh, am I going to start him in my NFBC league this week? He is a two-start pitcher at Milwaukee and Kyle Loesch, at Colorado and Jorge De La Rosa. He's been really good in his uh, first three starts, 17 and a third innings pitch, only eight strikeouts, which told everybody he's not a big strikeout uh, pitcher, five walks, 260 ERA. My problem, Tim, is he's a bit of a fly ball pitcher, and I do worry about that Colorado outing. And again, Milwaukee, Ryan Braun and Aramis Ramirez, they got some guys that can hit the ball. So I don't know if I start them. Well, I guess my first question is where are you sitting in uh, in ERA? I'm really good in ERA. Whip is my problem, Tim. And and at the NFBC, I'm I'm I I found support around 96, 97 points, and I I, I got resistance at like 100, 101. But uh, the two guys I'm chasing down in front of me are sitting about 105, 106. So I'm right there. I got to make up points and wins. I got to make up points and whip uh, and strikeouts. I mean, those are my areas. So Wizards not going to get help me in strikeouts. And I worry about these that I'm getting crushed in ratios. I also have the opportunity to start Matt Kane or Matt Harrison. Oh, Lord, love a duck. You got some gems. <laughs> it's one of those draft and hold leagues, Tim. What can I tell yeah, yeah. you? You know, I lost Zach Wheeler in that league. It would be the, the league would have been over by now if I had Zach Wheeler. Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'll give you full marks for getting guys <laughs> that have the opportunity to perform because no doubt you drafted all these guys 30th round and on. You know, it was way down. So, hey, at least you've got the opportunity, which is a good thing choice between those three i'd probably go whistler and say a prayer <laughs> okay so for everybody else tim, who's not in my specific situation sorry to talk about our teams but tim it is our podcast and it is all about yes. us so no, <laughs> we've we've been clear about it has that. to be yeah it has to be we we, we have never ever ever <laughs> led people to believe anything different have we? we're not shattering any dreams there rich we're okay we're not but so in general, uh, 8%, 8% started. Do you start Matt Whistler? Uh, I'd look for another option against those two matchups. I, I think the Milwaukee uh, scares me more than Colorado. But there's even in Colorado, Gonzo and Tulo woke up today and they scored some runs. So it's it's just not a good situation. I, I remember your recommendation on Whistler. I think we were talking about him a week or two ago when he first came up is that you would play him and you would start him pending the matchups. So based on what you have said, these matchups don't look overly good. I agree. That's why I have him there. Uh, but against a Matt, a Matt Kane or a, um, a Matt Harrison, I have to take a look at who Matt Harrison is, is playing. It's Those are my choices, Tim. And then finally, <laughs> the last guy, I'm not going to tell you who, who he's pitching against. I don't even know, Tim. Chad Billingsley. He plays for the Philadelphia Phillies. Good Lord, to be a Philadelphia Phillies fan, you, you, you God love them, Tim. Well, you have to. Uh, and, and you know what, what's, what's really hurting is uh, the battery sales. They, they don't have anybody to throw them at. They're just <laughs> totally, totally exhausted, uh, that opportunity. No, you can't start Billingsley. I don't, there's only one Philadelphia pitcher right now that I think you can start, and Hamels and just be prepared for a lights out ERA, a great whip, more than decent strikeout numbers, and no wins. 
Yeah, I agreed. Chad Billingsley, though. Oh, good grief. Timmy, that's our show. We covered a lot. We were all over the map. I'm not sure it was the best flowing show of all time, but I was really happy with where we ended up. We gave a lot of stuff. Your waiver wire stuff was killer, as always. And I think we could spend, in fact, we did, about 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes on your Tim Musing section just because it's chock full of really, really good stuff. And uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. Again, you can go out and read Tim's Musing because I only gave you about, I don't know, four or five out of the 15 that Tim writes, and they're all really good stuff. So go read his stuff out on Facebook. But Tim, where else can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, uh, I'm doing a podcast this week with the gang from uh, the Nasty Cat, Nasty, the Nasty Group. Uh, my, my friends <laughs> are the Nasty my, Cast. I think it's officially yeah. the Nasty Cast. <laughs> okay, yeah. My, my friends from Bismarck, North Dakota. Actually, it's it's sort of neat. I'm going to be running into those guys when I head west. We're going to spend a night in Bismarck, and I've already got in touch with them. And uh, I think we might do some grilling and uh, just have a have a fun evening. So I've got a podcast with them this week and looking forward to that. Other than that, my time with Sirius has come to a conclusion. They've gone the football route now and uh, no more Sirius until next spring, which I'm going to miss because, I, hey, the, the guys are great to me there. It's a lot of fun talking up uh, talking up the game Sunday mornings. But other than that, I'm mainly hanging around the Facebook page and uh, – trying to get my teams a little bit higher in the standings, Rich. So was your was this uh, Sunday your last Sunday, or did you get cut this Sunday? I got cut this Sunday. Oh, well, I might have cut you, Tim. I'm sorry, because I couldn't do it yesterday. So, uh, Well, well you, you know what? I've thrown you under the bus enough. <laughs> what, what the heck? You owe me a couple anyways, right? Yeah, I, 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 they'll stick with me for a week or two longer because I'm on Saturday and they talk more baseball mm. on Saturday. So I'll, I'll be on there for a couple more weeks and uh, then okay. I'll get the axe as well, Tim. And so I'm right behind you, man. So you just uh, keep the uh, keep the help wanted line going for me. Well, yeah, I will. Yeah, hey, you know they're they're all into talking about the game with the funny pointed ball, and I'm not much value in that direction, uh, <laughs> as some of our Facebook page listeners have found out today. <laughs> Absolutely. Timmy, it's been a great show. If you want to catch my stuff, it is out on prospect361.com. Uh, I'm off to some game this week. I can't remember when, or I'll try to tweet out where I will be, but uh, get caught more Trenton games uh, this past week and uh, all over the place. Usually catching a game to three games a week, Tim. That is nice. kind of where I am. And then uh, a couple weeks from now, oh, we need to tell everybody our schedule coming up because I'm actually going to be on vacation. Then right after that, you're going to be on vacation. So uh we're, we're, we're on. I'm on on Wednesday, underperforming batters. I'll be doing that by myself. Ooh. And then we're on next weekend, uh, Tim, right? We're good for that? Uh, we're good for the 12th, and we're good for the 19th. After that, uh, I'm no good for the 26th. That's where and when I'm going to be out west. Well, I'm not good on the 19th, Tim, so we're going to have to mm. figure something out. We might do it on the 18th if that's possible. That'll be a Saturday night. Could you do that? Yeah, that's not a problem at all. 18th works just fine for me. Uh, you know, hey, if if I'm not doing a podcast on Friday or Saturday, it means I'm packing up the car, Rich. Not like, really, think about that for a second. What, what would I rather be doing, talking to you about baseball or packing a car? Ugh, easy decision. Done. 
A easy decision. So, Timmy, uh, tomorrow is going to be a difficult uh, day if you are in an investor because the Greek yeah. uh, team uh, decided they had their referendum, Tim. Vote no or vote yes, no to the austerity uh, package putting together by the Europeans. They voted no, which basically said, we probably, we, you know, we're going to make you guys negotiate with us. And I'm not sure the Germans want to do this. And they've defaulted, Tim, and it's all looking very, very bad. They could get kicked out of the European Union. And the, the futures are already out there for the stock markets are down two or three percentage points. So again, 401k owners, do not look at your balances tomorrow. It will not look very, very good. But uh, Tim, it could get even worse for the for our friends in Greece because, uh, man, they're, they're, a, they're a country without any money at the moment. The banks are still closed. You can only take 60 euros out a day. And people are hungry, and uh, they're going to have to start seeing some some humanitarian relief here pretty soon. And it's a shame when you see a developed country like Greece, one of the original. I mean, it was the, the birth of so much stuff in Greece, and country is bankrupt. It's really sad. Yeah, will they go back to the drachma as their? I believe that that was their prior currency. Drachma. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, it, that's what they have to figure out. So their their uh, president is now in Bolden. Uh, he's now has the country behind him to to renegotiate, and the European Union guys are going. Oh, wait a minute, we don't want to negotiate with you guys. We don't have to. And uh, if they. It, if they get out of the European Union, they could go back to the drachma, Tim. And the last I heard, the drachma is not worth anything. So uh, I don't know how they establish a currency and an exchange rate for that. It's going to be pennies on the dollar. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's going to be a very, very fascinating time the next couple of weeks. But at the bottom of, of this whole big picture, there are a lot of people in Greece that are going to need help because that, they are going to be struggling. Like you said, it's going to be hard to buy food, basic commodities needed to survive and live. And uh, the people of Greece, my, my heart goes out to you because it's going to be a very, very tough time over the next months, possibly even into years. Yeah, I, I agree, Tim. And it's already been tough for those for the for the people there. And uh, I don't know what the right answer is. It's way too complicated for for my brain and for my pay level. And uh, I hope that uh, eventually, you know, the Americans will help figure this stuff out and start providing some aid for that because we're not going to let people go hungry and and riots in the street and so forth. This is where all this is heading. So, and mm -hmm. um, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll figure something out. But again. Back home, Tim, we're, for us, it's going to be even worse. European markets are going to go absolutely bonkers tomorrow. And we're yeah. a little f further removed, but uh, it's all about us, Tim. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> if you own equities, you own any stocks and bonds, it's not going to be a pretty day tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it's not going to be pretty at all, Rich. Not at all. All right, Timmy, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week, and everybody, good luck with your teams as we roll in next week, Tim, to the All-Star break. We'll have the uh, Futures game next week. Sounds great, Rich. Have a good one. All right, man. Be well. But, you know, what? Like he could at least, you know, put the Dudley Do-Right theme or something, eh?